You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. This is episode 44, Honing It In with Penny Murray. Grow a Thriving Practice, a podcast made for biofield tuning practitioners, offering the resources to enhance your practice, grow your business, and continue your journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Jillian Faldmo. Hi, everybody. Today on the podcast, we're having Penny Murray come back with us and talk about some of her evolution since um, episode 28, which was just a few months away. And I actually had to go back and look and we did that episode in August, which if you would have just asked my brain when we did that, I was like, November, I can't believe it's been five months. So Penny, for those who haven't heard episode 28, and by the way, if you haven't, go back and listen. Um, but for those of those who haven't, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, hello, everyone. And Jillian, it's great to be back here with you again. Always a pleasure. Um, my name is Penny Murray, and I have been a biofield tuning practitioner for five-ish years, but been familiar with the forks for way longer, like about 15, um, because I was a client, you know, and then got all absorbed. So um, I live in Victor, Idaho. It's a beautiful area. Um, Me, my husband, my two dogs, and have a pretty, pretty fantastic life. Um, Yeah, and I'm excited to be invited back here again. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. Thanks for coming back on and sharing more wisdom with us. Is so, that what you call it? <laughs> yeah, wisdom, experience. So the last time we talked, um, you were sharing about the ancestral work that you're doing. How has that evolved over the past five months? Yeah, well, over the past five months, it's evolved quite deeply, you know, when we get into these um, niches that we find, um, it's kind of like the field chooses to relinquish information that's meant for us to have relinquished, right? And for us, because somehow our relation with the recipient is, um, we can understand it. And so after the past five months since I've really grabbed hold of this idea of ancestral resolve or transitioning, it has, it just keeps unfolding. I swear every session, there's a new aha, um, which is exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so Um, awesome. Yeah. Today, specifically this morning, I was tuning somebody and I was called to bring in an ancestral prayer that I had never done before in a session that I had learned completely outside of anything to do with my immediate practice. And it was so powerful. That's amazing. Did you do that like in the beginning of the session or during or? I actually did it towards the end because there was this, there was this information that was needing to be resolved, but one piece came out more than the other. 
And when I went back and checked um, with the pendulum, the edge of the field, the pendulum said everything was okay, but I was still getting the hits in my vision. And so I asked the recipient if they would be open to participating in a really short prayer about good, true, beautiful ancestors. And for those that aren't that, that they're invited to leave. And she did participate and the vision um, disappeared and the knot in my stomach left. And that's all. It, it was amazing. Wow. I went back and checked with the you know, a weighted fork and the pendulum, no vision, thrum was great. So yeah, yeah. you know, no, just stay that. open to the creativity every day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, stay open to the idea that no session is going to look the same and that anything can come through and happen in a session. Yeah. And I, I think that's important for every practitioner in every modality to remember, right? Is that it's always evolving. And the more, the more we allow our, you know, fiery, airy intellect and visions, whatever our gifts are to come down into our bodies so that we can feel them, ground them, notice the emotion behind them, the more in tune we're going to be with what the field is offering. Yeah, that's so resonant with one of the um, conversation topics I had in a uh, practitioner training class uh, yesterday with our students. Um, there was a, a pattern, not a pattern. There was a theme of um, not feeling confident in what you're finding and what you're um, feeling right and so some of the advice that we gave is to practice practice being more embodied uh, whatever that might look like maybe it's you know establishing your own connection to ground daily um, I suggested doing some something that you have to be body focused for a certain amount of time maybe that's yoga holding poses or um, intense workout or you know something like that where you have to put your attention on your body and i think that doing those exercises helps you to be more embodied so that when you're in the session you're not thinking and i have my hands up above my head but you're not the thinking isn't up here it's it's that intelligence that can then come through to your body and you can come from there yeah, I think it's, a, I want to use the word misnomer um, for people in our field of work, right, as healers, because so many of us do receive information from, we want to say, who knows where, mm -hmm. right? But the truth of the matter is, is it comes from our neurosensing in our body. That yeah. is where it comes from. It's not necessarily being delivered by the divine. It's how our brain and neurological system is wired together from the inside out that we're going to receive and understand that information. Yeah. And that was a huge aha moment for me about, well, almost five years ago, because I had a whole menu of offerings, right? Like I wanted to do it all. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to please everybody. And coming from 
restaurant world, you know, I literally had made a menu of everything I offered, including, you know, adrenal resets and organs and organ sessions and all of these things. Some that I mentioned in the last, in what is it? Uh, the 28th edition of Jillian Faldmo's podcast. Um, and then I realized it was so confusing for people. Right. And that is when, you know, and that was almost immediate as I put the shingle out there and started offering all these things. And it was like, I really need to hone this in. Yeah. And that's when I realized that the information wasn't coming from outside of me. It was coming from inside of me and honing in on that in a way of, well, what is the, what am I resonating with in the field the most? Mm-hmm. And what am I resonating with in my clients the most? Yep. And that's how I started to narrow down into uh, the niches, right? Yeah. And, and then that even evolved into e- today. It evolved into today where it's ancestral resolves or ancestral transitions. See, I'm still like trying to decide what, what do I call that? And I allow that to happen. Um, there's the essentials. And then this one other thing from literally a list that probably had 15 different offerings on it because I'm so creative. I just, just went there with that. Yeah. That's one thing that I, um, actually coach, uh, practitioners on is to not have a, like a huge menu of offerings, especially on your website, because that's a lot of decisions that, you know, your clients have to make, or potential clients have to make. They come to the website, there's all these menu options. And they're like, well, I don't know which one. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's best to have maybe one or two offerings up, you know, that's forward facing for your potential client. So they go, yes, I need that one. It's a quick decision. And then as you know, time goes on and you're working with them. If, if you feel called to do something else, like an adrenal reset or a sonic meridian flush or whatever it is, you, you know, you're the practitioner and you get to offer that, um, to them based on that feeling of necessity. Right. Yeah. And that's what I have found. And it is so much more relaxing to quote, know what I do. Yes. Yeah. Because you don't have to put it like it, it focuses it for you so that when you're talking about what you do, you know, it's very clear, direct. Yeah. So tell us what your, what those, what that offering is on your website. You have the ancestral transitions. Is that what you're calling it? Right today in this moment, (laughs) it is either transitions or resolve, but um, the resolve came to me this morning. So I've just been sitting with that. I'm like, where did that come from? Ooh, I like Um, that. I really like it. Good ancestral resolve and essential sessions. That's what I offer. Okay. What's essential sessions? Essential sessions are like the foundations of a biofield tune. Okay. Focusing on energy plexus areas, the field and doing a full biofield tune. Gotcha. So a client comes to your website and they say that they see that you have essential sessions and ancestral 
sessions mm-hmm. and they choose between those two. True. Awesome. Pretty cut and dry. I'm really excited about it. It's been a lot of work to get here. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us more about how you're dialing things in and simplifying for you. For me, I am a wordy person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that can work in a conversation, but not on paper, mm-hmm. not on a website. Right. So I'm learning how to tell a quick story because I'm a storyteller. Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like an, an abridged version. And if they want more, they can give me a call. Nice. So you're right? dialing in your storytelling and the dialing language. in my storytelling. Um, and also just this huge realization in this process and in the process of building a website with um, profitable wellness, which is recommended from all the work that you do. And I'm so grateful um, is I'm seeing like this first round and seeing how wordy I am and how, um, although something is so important to me, it's not going to mean anything to someone just looking at my site. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of going all the way back, but have a, have a foundation with a more foundation of what isn't going to work. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's important too, to recognize, oh, but I love this. Yeah. But A, B, or C isn't even going to know what that is. Mm -hmm. They're here for an ancestral session and they want to see that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And truly, Jillian, um, because I'm also coaching with you and I've had you in my life so much. So that has really come from two key sessions with you. One about who I'm talking about, right? Who I'm talking to. Yeah. Who's going to come and see my staff? Yeah. Right. That has been the biggest shift. Yeah. Tell us about in- that process. It's huge. It's in everything when I'm thinking about my website or um, if I were to actually print something out that nobody sees in the town I live in. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, what is what is my market person going to want to see to feel confident and um, to trust me? Um, and to want to spend time with me on my website. Yeah. Those are the three things, confidence, trust, and investment of time. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that when, because I think we, we all resist this at first when, um, you know, we're, we're asked to dial it in to pick one person that we want to work with, like the ideal client there's some resistance at first because you're like, well, if I just focus on this one person, then I'm going to miss all these other people out here. Right. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I used to be in that mindset until two weeks ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I realized I was trying to talk to a room full of all these different kinds and types of people, which I so want yet 
I need to narrow it in because it's too confusing mm-hmm. to self and whoever's reading or, you know, receiving the information somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So you got really clear on your ideal client from details to like where they live, what they do for fun, you know, all of those details. Yeah. I, and I'll divulge her name. I literally asked myself, what does Cadence want to see here? Does this matter to Cadence? No. Out. Nice. Yeah, it's it's really been an inspiring um, and expansive experience. Before I had this um, as a practice, I had a business called Gratitude Box Gift Company. And I made the most beautiful gift boxes and handmade bows. And I miss them dearly. And I think about doing them again. But I went back. And I looked at some of the marketing stuff that I did for that because I've always been like, why didn't this work? Why didn't I get the second call from the receiver of the present to give a present to somebody else? And it was my marketing. I was trying to talk to too many people. Interesting. And I was too wordy. Uh huh. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm so glad it's working for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah, cadence, cadence is out there somewhere oh i think she's all over the place yeah <laughs> isn't that funny yeah yeah yes. like like every everybody could be cadence not everybody everyone but. could be cadence yeah like there's a whole group of cadences mm-hmm. and that's your niche and that's the niche yeah yeah, yeah. that's so fun yeah it's so fun it's so fun. It's a little trying at first, but it's really fun once I get the hang of it. Yeah. Yeah. So if, you know, those who are listening, this is a really uh, powerful exercise to do is come up with your ideal client avatar. So like this character that, you know, maybe it's someone that you know already, or maybe it's just someone you completely make up in your head and go through all the details of, um, identifying who that person is, um, down to like what they eat for dinner, (laughs) what, what they do in their free time, what they do for work, where they're hanging out, um, why they want, why they might want biofield tuning. You're going to tell them why they want biofield tuning. (laughs) Why, what kind of, um, issues are they struggling with all of those things? And that really can help get, um, your focus in on talking about what you do and what you offer in a way that resonates with them, that they can understand. And the more that you do that, the more that they see that you do understand them and they can trust you. Yeah. And it, and it brings so much value to your package, right? Like my package is ancestral. Let's try resolve right? Ancestral resolve. Yeah. Um, And so in this package, they're going to receive, she's going to receive, you know, three sessions with me, all their varying times, varying intensities, varying purposes of which I share with her. And also she's going to receive 
pictures that go along with the sessions because I set up stones around a picture of the person. And so she gets that. And that helps to fill her emotional and tangible needs, right? I love that. So she gets a picture and she can take this picture of herself surrounded by euphoria light, which I think I went off on um, the last time we talked because I'm so in love with it, um, that she can bring into her meditations or doing yoga at home or Maybe she just needs to remind herself that she's doing legacy work. And so yeah. she actually puts it on her wall. I right? love that so much. It's, it's brought so much. And I also offer, because some people like to re-listen, I've decided since, you know, talking to Cadence and what she might need to know that she really did something big or to remind her of this tool that she recognized in the session, she can re-listen. So I offer to record the sessions, <gasps> which is a big deal for me. Yeah. Because I've never done that. I've never offered it. People have asked for it and I've, I've said no. Um, so that was a big shift for me in what cadence needs, not what I need. So yeah, it's added that, a lot. That's pretty amazing. I mean, that just goes to show you when you take, yeah, you take that attention and that focus off of yourself and you put that on the service of your client, like boom. It's like boom. And uh, it, I'm a New Englander, so I have a lot of inappropriate things that I want to say. It's like no skin off my teeth. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from yeah. <laughs> um, to just hit, to do zoom and record and send. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. 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 It's not near. It's not. I thought it was going to be invasive to me, but it's not. Uh huh. Cause it's, it's cool. Them. It's not about you. It's about them. It's yeah. It's about them. And there's so much added value. And all I have to do is hit send. Yes. Yep. Easy. I got out of my own way. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I also don't want to um, condone like overdoing for others. Of course, that doesn't put us in a good place. But like, you know, deciding, deciding what your package is, deciding what your, what your like, your service features are from a place of what's going to benefit them and is also energy efficient for me. Exactly. And, you know, I, I'll add that I only offer to record the resolve session. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Not, the, so not the fortifying first session or the harmonizing third session, but the 90 minute bulk. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Of the work. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's not overdoing. Yeah. Right. You don't want them like to it. spin, spin, spin. And truthfully, every time you enter into that world of a recording, it's affecting the field again. Right. So we right. don't want to keep doing that. Yeah. That's what I love about recordings is that if, when you listen to it again, you know, you get some benefits from it. Totally. 
Yeah. But with the yeah. ancestral work, do you feel like it could be too much if it's listened to over and over again? Or what are your thoughts on that? I, I do not. I, the intention behind the recording is that it will remind them of the tools they recognize during the session ah, mm -hmm. and give them more tools in their toolbox. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Oh yes, that's right. I remembered that. And it felt true for me. Then it feels true for me again. Now I'm keeping it. Yeah. Right. Or if they still have, um, some emotional process to go through, right? And they need to remember what they just did is real. Yeah. Right. So just a tool. Love it. Mm -hmm. Me too. I'm falling in love with it more and more every day. Even when I get up at 5.30 in the morning to give sessions to my beautiful <laughs> person who lives overseas and is 16 hours ahead of me. I get to tune the future, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit more about your, um, you've had some scheduling changes too. I think in the, in episode 28, you were seeing like five people a day or, you know, you're, you're kind of getting a little burnout. Yeah. And so I have, um, switched that up. And I really love two to three people a day. Mm -hmm. And I also really like getting up early. I don't, I can't even believe I just said that. <laughs> but so that's I have this, or I have a person that I absolutely adore. And in order for us to work together, um, I need to get up early. Mm -hmm. And she has to actually go to bed late. So it's like uh, <laughs> we're balancing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I love the work and the experience of how I feel in the morning and how the field feels in the morning. Mm, it's different. And I really like it. Mm -hmm. Is that your ideal time to do sessions? Quickly becoming. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You know what? It's always changing for me. I think I've been, I've been pretty consistent and steady lately at afternoon sessions only for a little bit, but, um, I can't say it's going to be the same in six months. Yeah. You know what I find? It's like, it sounds ideal to work 10 to two for me. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not true. Cause I always want to be outside uh, at 12, 1230. Yeah. And I'm, and this is what's about me. Right. So what's going on in the package is about them, the scheduling. Yes. However, is yes. about my it life needs to be. Yes. So what is, so what's different now about your life now that you've, you know, you're doing two to three sessions a day, your schedule's more regular. It is more regular also. Thanks to you. Um, which I struggled with writing a schedule for years and I'm still struggling with writing one, but I'm practicing it and writing it down as I see it to be most fit before I finalize. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Instead of making myself do something at a certain time, I'm seeing when I naturally want to flow yeah. into that. And that's what yeah. I'm writing down. Um, two to three sessions a day has, it's 
obviously given me more freedom in time. And also I noticed this morning that I didn't feel in a hurry Mm -hmm. at all because no matter what the sessions would end up back to back. Even if I allowed half an hour in between, right? It's a little bit of chatter after go get a drink, clear, have the next session. And it's like that half hour goes by so fast. Yeah. And so I was always kind of in a hurry. I was, you know what it, it's the difference between working and being of service. Mm. Yeah. Say more about that. That's what I've noticed. That's how, that's the shift I feel. Okay. So it's more of a state of mind. Yeah. And my body is more relaxed because I'm being of service. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's kind of profound. The difference that I have felt in allowing to schedule out. Mm -hmm. So when you say schedule out, like how much time is between your sessions? Um, on the daily, I, I still try to do that half hour, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't want to start tuning at seven in the morning and have my last tune at four in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh-huh. I want it to be in a little bit of a block yep. of time. So I do still stick to that half hour ish time in mm-hmm. between. But what I mean by scheduling out is allowing a few more days to go by, or maybe I already do have 10 or 12 sessions this week and I feel good about that. So let's get into next week. Yeah. And that's huge for me. Yeah. Before were you, so someone, let's say you had a full week, you had 12 sessions and someone wanted a session, you would try to fit them in that week. Always. Uh huh. Okay. Always because I'm like, oh, of course I can do another session. Yeah. I can do another session. I can use another 120 bucks. Right. Like, Uh (laughs) I mean, that's, that, that's exactly what would happen in my head. Yeah. You know, and now in service, you schedule them out. Yeah. And they get, I get more of them and they get more of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. See what nine weeks with you will do. <laughs> yeah. You've, you've made some big strides. Yeah, I and think just, so. Like even um, realizing that I do have a niche. Yeah. All right. So. I know. I'm so excited for you. And your clients to just like that clarity is so important. Yeah, I can't say enough about it. And whoever is listening, you know, go through whatever you need to go through, right? If you're listening and you're like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. It might not feel natural to you to narrow down to only offering two things because but everybody will benefit from this and this and this and this. Allow yourself to go there mm-hmm. because it's the only way you're going to find what is really true for you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Just to go through all of it. You guess make a decision 
commit, go through it and see if it works or not. Yeah. You know, and perhaps, you know, those that are listening are already finding that, you know, they have metaphor rich practices, Mm -hmm. right? I know I do. It's incredibly metaphor rich. And so what do you do with those metaphors, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's part of your niche. Maybe that's part of a bigger work for you, Mm -hmm. right? And where do those metaphors come in? And that's why you have to go through it all to figure out when those say metaphors come in the most. Yeah. And you mentioned something the other day to me that I was like, that's great. It is when those metaphors come in, write them down. Like you've been, you've been writing down what's going on in sessions and that's incredibly helpful. Oh yeah. Um, you know, pretty busy practice for five years seeing like all of my practice bodies started being clients right and I think I sent info at like 70 sessions (laughs) (laughs) back when it was level one two and three right (laughs) yeah I think I'm the reason that it's only one sheet now. Yeah, everyone. Um, now we're like, please don't send in multiple pages. Please don't Just do that. Send in that one page. <laughs> but I would say like 90% of those practice people became clients, paying clients. Mm-hmm. And so I've been gathering metaphors mostly in my head for five years. And then I would see the same one, the same one, or the same tone or the same disappearing of the tone. And it's like, that means something, right? You know, and I found like, you know, the disappearing of the tone is generally indicative of an invisibility program for some protective reason. Interesting. And whenever I give that to the receiver, you know, in my manner of speaking through a session, it generally resonates, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I have a notebook, probably could have two full of metaphors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's intriguing. Yeah. It's like, you're just building upon case, case study upon case study upon case study to see what comes up and gathering data and then going, connecting the dots. Oh, well, this could be indicative of this. And let me repeat this to a client. And then they affirm it. And you're like, well, there's another data point. There's another data point. And truthfully, that's how, I mean, obviously, but that's how it got to where I am today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. In one of my menu offerings, (laughs) I would do sessions only on the edge of the field. Mm -hmm. Wow right? And that's how I really got here was there's just, there was just so much out there that I was being uh, given. Yeah. And so many metaphors and sometimes they're not necessarily metaphors, you know, they're actual energetic imprints of this, that, or the other. Um, But yeah, I would say that collecting those metaphors and understanding that they do connect the dots really led me to 
narrowing my work down. Yeah. And probably feeling more confident in your work as well. Oh, totally. I can't, I forget who I was talking to. It's been a couple people that have, when we we're not like striking the forks or doing the work, it's almost like going through a withdrawal, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I, I gotta, I gotta work on, I just want to go to the edge and see, see what's hanging out there. Right. And truthfully, you can always go to the edge anywhere because something's going to imprint <laughs> on the table and need some work. Yeah. Whether it's a project or a person or, but yeah, it's, and when it becomes like, so like such a drive to do, that's really fun. Yeah. I just had this beautiful image when you were talking about that, of working on the edge of someone's field and just being there with it. And kind of in my mind, what I just saw was like this magic happening of like, even though I'm not moving in toward the body, all that energy is being returned and distributed through the entire system just by holding the fork there. Just by holding the fork there. You know, it's building up resilience and you can see it, taste it, feel it, hear it. It's got so much character, you know, and then when you just go out a fork with what else is there? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So for all you new practitioners, the, the edge of the field is a rich place to spend time. So don't hurry through it. Yeah, I think every single aspect of the biofield tuning protocol is something, every single aspect needs intentional attention, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So how has this work impacted you? The ancestral work? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know... I feel often I'll walk away from a session and I'm just like, wow, I could, I could write a whole book or I feel like, I feel like I just went through some sort of transition. Um, what the, but the other thing this work has really done for me is um, allowed me to celebrate what I have inside to give, right? You know, in the beginning, we're talking about this information is coming from the inside, not from, not necessarily from up here. I'm waving my hands over my head. Um, And to really believe in that, in me, it's like, this is, is real. And so every day I know that I have something unique to offer and I just look forward to the next person who's going to find me. Yeah. Because it really is truly a unique way to build a legacy right? You can, I have a client who her, her sessions, her, 
essential sessions, her ancestral sessions of which she's had many. Um, they're her books. This is where she's getting information for historical books that she's writing. Really? Right. And I'm like, whoa, I can't wait to have a copy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that's funny. Cause I was going to ask you, um, if you read historical books or if you watch historical like documentaries and if like those experiences have changed since doing this work. You know, not on purpose. I don't, I love to watch things like Wheel of Time and Magic I've heard about that show recently. Oh, it's phenomenal. Um, but you know, that's, that's an, actually an interesting question because I don't. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I have that's an idea. better though, because interesting. Yeah. So it's so pure. Yeah. The, um, like truth be told, truth be told in two accounts, I was not aware of the residential schools in Canada, right. which I talked about in the last session. Right. I had no idea what all these souls were, all these energetic imprints that were coming in. Uh -huh. Donna did, the recipient, the recipient did. Uh-huh. Um, we know then, Donna. <laughs> yeah, we know Donna. We've been out um, And more recently, I had uh, another experience of a mass atrocity. Um, and just to say, still working with the residential schools, it seems never ending. Um, but I had another mass atrocity appear, the end of someone's field. I had no idea what it was. My recipient did. And it was when Japan invaded China in um, World War II. And historically, I think it's called the rape of Nanking. I had no idea. Right, yeah. Every time you talk about this stuff, I get massive goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, yeah, and it, so I don't have historical knowledge that my body's like, oh, this must be this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I have no reference. Yeah. Which really excites me. It adds so much truth to the work. Yeah. Especially when the recipient is like, I know exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, you take hold then. I'm <laughs> following your lead. <laughs> right. You know what to do with this right now. You know what to do with this. You yeah. talk to this. And I, I do. It, all of my sessions are very interactive. Mm -hmm. The person is talking to whatever showing up. You know, I'm always checking in or they're just naturally attracted to do the work. Yeah. And I'm holding the forks and delivering information. So. Awesome. So what are some of the things people um, like, how does it benefit them to receive ancestral resolve sessions? Mm. Like what happens in their life after that? Wow. You know, it, it just runs the gamut. I have people who they've allowed them. Uh, 
they've allowed themselves to fall in love deeper and more like they've softened they like soften they've um just better communication all of a sudden all of the creativity is bursting out of their sacral area like they're writing and singing and going to dance classes they're starting to date they're not afraid of themselves anymore they're recently they've and I have goosebumps because this happened to me they've opened up to their parents being people and not just mom and dad but you know Joe and Susie who have had experiences and so they have just found like wells of compassion and family dynamics have changed completely where before they felt abandoned and unheard now there's like this bigger deeper understanding of whoa they're having a they've had experiences too right yeah yeah so really everything from falling in love (laughs) to communicating creating loving your parents your family or or, and also seeing them for what they really are and deciding if if the relationship is good for beneficial for you I have had that as well that's important which is important all relationships need to nourish you yeah yeah that's some really powerful work yeah it blows my mind yeah yeah. yeah. And I love the feedback and the, I love it all. I'm so glad that you found something that you absolutely love to do. Me too. And because I'm very malleable, right. I, I can, I can really like anything. Uh-huh. You know, I am a great cow poop scooper even, <laughs> right. Like I find a way to love it. <laughs> I can totally resonate with that, but with dog poop, (laughs) right? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm actually really good at this and I don't mind it. Okay. But I had to go through the gamut, Jillian. I had to write the menu. I had to have the experiences. I had to do it all to get here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and truthfully before this, I thought it was going to be organ work. I thought I was going to end up focusing right? on organs. That. Yeah. And then this was just like, whoop, we're going to do this. Yeah. Okay. Especially when the stones came into my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Yeah. I love chatting with you. It's always a pleasure. It, it's an honor, actually. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so. Same, same. I, I feel really blessed to be able to have these conversations with you and um, that we get to even put it out there for others to listen to. Yeah, me so too. So how can they get a hold of you? People can get a hold of me um, email-wise is resilient balance 22 at gmail.com. Okay. Um, and 
they can text me anytime. That's easier than a phone call because if I don't recognize the number, I generally don't pick up. Um, but it's 802 <laughs> 7409. Um, and soon to come, the elusive website. <laughs> yes, it's coming. And I can't wait to um see what happens for you five months from today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> These past, I mean, I can't when you said it was August, I was like, do you know how much has happened in my life since yeah, August? It's crazy, right? <laughs> I know. I thought the same thing earlier this year when I was like, wait, it's only been, six, I, I don't remember what I was thinking about, but it was like six months. And I was like, huh? What? How did that happen? There's so much that can happen within just a few months. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Penny. Well, thanks for tuning in, in everyone and we'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Tuner, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving a review and subscribe so that you catch each episode as it publishes. Happy tuning!